Hello, and welcome to the Female Founder Friday podcast with me, Lindsay White. I'm passionate about helping female entrepreneurs be great leaders, build high-performing teams, and create inspiring workplace cultures through innovative talent programs and practices. Because when people feel like they belong at work, they deliver their very best and businesses thrive. The Female Founder Friday podcast is all about connecting with the most incredible female entrepreneurs to talk about their journey to creating their own business, the mistakes they've made along the way, and how they view their own leadership. And I'm challenging all of my guests this season to take my leadership style quiz, and during each episode, we'll be digging into their leadership style and how it impacts the way they lead in their life and their business. And if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style and want some of my top tips to help you lead more effectively, you can take the quiz right now. Just check out the show notes or head over to highvoltageleadership.ca and click on the button at the top of the page that says, take the quiz. Then you can share your results, connect with my guests and join the conversation on Instagram by following me at highvoltleadership. Hey, welcome to another uh, episode of the Female Founder Friday podcast. I have a great guest this afternoon with me. This is Brooke Boltz, and she is the founder of Boltz Law. Um, And this incredible founder has had a really remarkable journey. Um, She has spent time in the courtroom as a probation and pretrial services officer. She has uh, a law degree and worked for one of the largest civil litigation firms on behalf of insurance companies. Um, and you know, had supervised pretty significantly sized groups of attorneys uh, before she started her own firm that now specializes in personal injury protection. Um, so she's kind of been there, done that, and maybe even wrote the book on it. Um, and I'm really excited, uh, Brooke, to have you here today to tell us a bit more about that incredible journey. Fill in some blanks there for us. Thank you. It is an honor and a privilege to be here with another boss lady. So I'm looking forward to uh, this experience and to sharing my story. Well, thanks. I'm so glad. Yeah, I think it's an honor too. I love these conversations. Um, So tell us, how did you become a female founder? How did that go? So interesting story because I, um, I became an attorney and always had dreams of having my own firm, but I had read books and took in, taking courses on what it would require to own your own firm. And everything said, you must have a six figure savings account before you even think yeah. about beginning. And I never had that. I never had anything remotely close to that. <laughs> and so I pretty much had given up on the dream. Um, I just, I had worked my way up at a major firm. I became a partner. I was supervising other lawyers and I just felt that maybe that was the path for me because I was, I was working my way up. I was doing good things and, and I was fairly satisfied in that position. And then kind of by surprise, another law firm that was on the opposite side of the case, I was on the defense initially for 10 years at the big law firm. And then a firm from the plaintiff's side of the case, who I had opposed, uh, reached out to me and offered me the kind of offer that just, I didn't think that the defense could compete with. Mm. And so 
I made the switch. I switched from the defense to the plaintiff's side. But when I did, uh, something happened that was that made, made my new employment short-lived. Hmm. I, one of my former clients who was a major insurance company filed against my new law firm, a thousand motions to disqualify. Wow. And those motions said that Brooke Bolts knows so much confidential information about our company that she should not be allowed to sue us. And neither should the new firm that she joined. Wow. So the impact that that had was my new law firm had these thousand or so cases that used to be able to settle and make money. And now they could not because they were tied up in these disqualification proceedings, which could last for years. Oh, wow. And so my new law firm was like, look, we were really excited to have you, but wow. uh, you're costing us millions of dollars to be here. Wow. And so I had to leave um, with no money, no plan, no clients, no anything. Oh, um, wow. And I was, I was unemployable in my field of practice because I couldn't go back to the defense because that insurance company had rumor rumor this is just a rumor but yeah. what i've heard that insurance company had made it known to defense firms that that i was off limits wow. uh, not to hire me and i couldn't go to a plaintiff's firm because the same thing would happen they yeah. would just file motions to disqualify anywhere i went so my choices were either to change my field of practice and kind of yeah. start over right. somewhere new learn something new or start my own business. And so overnight, Bolts Legal was born. Wow. <laughs> Talk about being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember my husband telling me that that, that new law firm had ruined our lives. <laughs> I bet it felt, I bet it felt exactly like that. I bet it felt exactly like that at the time. That's how he felt. I'm sure I, he did. Reason, was never really scared. I was Interesting. excited because oh. for me, this was like a lifelong dream that I had put on the back burner that I now had no choice but to pursue. And by the way, um, I, I'm well, my husband stopped working when our daughter was born 13 years ago. So I was the only income. <laughs> yeah, I love it. For our family of four and we're now family of five but at the time we're family of four I, I was the only income and wow. my husband hadn't worked for 10 almost 10 years at that point so he was incredibly concerned what our future wow. was going to look like and um and so it was it was quite a burden to take on but I just it just didn't feel like a burden I was honestly excited for the opportunity to see if I could make it. Wow. You know, we were talking just before we hit record. This is exactly why I love doing the show because I get to find out such cool information uh, about a female founder who's got a really great business and what that journey has been. And we talked about that everybody's journey looks different. 
But I, I love that you shared with us. It sounds like the universe was really conspiring for you. Like there was a plan and there was a moment and there was a choice and you could embrace it. And it sounds like you just really wrapped your arms around it and ran with it. And I love that. I'm a faith-based person, so in retrospect, I feel like God had his hand in my destiny all along, and had these specific steps not occurred, I would never have had the courage to step out on my own, because I was the sole income for my family, and I just couldn't put them at risk in that way. 100%. So, I don't think I ever would have, have stepped out to start my own business, aside from these specific events happening yeah. to where I just didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. I love it. I, I love a lot because my own story is not dissimilar. I left my corporate job because of a really terrible boss. I worked, I worked for a very toxic leader and I would, I'm like you, I would probably still be in that organization six years later. Uh, I would never have left. Uh, it wasn't that I had a terrible job. I actually had a very successful career, very similar to you. Um, and, and sometimes it is that push that causes you to move in the direction that, no, you're, you're going to try something that maybe, you know, was always the dream. Maybe it was a little niggle in the back of your mind or a passing fancy, if you will. Um, and something transpires, I call it what you will. But like something transpires that put you in the position where that is the path forward. And it just becomes abundantly clear that that's what you need to do now. Yes. I love it. I love it. I had peace the whole time. I, yeah. I never, I mean, I won't say I was never stressed at any point. Right. There's only <laughs> yes. Yes. In general, I felt excited for the challenge. I love it. Well, and I want to go back to like, right at the beginning, you talked about, you know, the books, the gurus, the advisors that say you got to have the big six figure bank account. You shouldn't leave until you have all these things going on. And I think as women, we place a lot of um, importance on that kind of information. We get into the shoulds. We start shooting all over the place right? Especially when you're the main breadwinner. I mean, that's, that's a big responsibility, Brooke. Um, but I think we get caught up in some of the shoulds. I, I also hear from women that, well, if I had the right degree or if I had the right designation, or if I had the, the right, the education thing, we get caught up in a little bit. Um, or the plan, I got to have the plan, my plan, I might, it's not going to plan. Well, maybe next year, like, we rest heavily on some of those pieces when in fact we, we just need to take the calculated risk. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, and I will say there is wisdom in having savings. A hundred percent. Like I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend going out on a limb doing what I did to people because I, it worked out well for me, but it, very easily could not have worked out yeah. well for me. So yeah. there's wisdom there. But I will say too that sometimes when your back's against the wall and you have to yeah. succeed, you will push through and you will. And sometimes just taking that leap is what you need to actually 100%. be yeah. successful. 
I also tell people because I'm a huge advocate for female entrepreneurs mm-hmm. is to start it as a side job. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do it on, on your off hours, uh, just to get started and then work your way up to where you can transition to be full time. Yeah. No, I, you know what? And there's absolutely wisdom in that. Um, what I do want to say is cause you inspired me to think something as you were talking, you know, if you're not quite ready and, and you're right, um, you and I were in situations where we were kind of left with few options or maybe none. Um, th- but thinking, just pausing to think about what would happen if, what would happen if I lost my job? What would happen if I just jumped? Like just the if, just the thinking about the possibility might open up some doors, might open up some perspectives. So I I love that you put that out there. Um, And yeah, you know, the side hustle is, uh, I think is a really smart move. Uh, I have a good friend and colleague who she's gone back to a 0.8. So she only works four days a week. And so that's reducing her salary just by a little bit, but it's manageable. And she's spending Fridays and that's where she's building her experiment, which is her business. She's so excited about it. It's not causing huge financial risk to the family. They can absorb that. Um, and But it also gives her some space and time. And she's motivated. She's motivated to make Fridays count, which I thought was a brilliant move. Now, not everybody has that flexibility, but it's an idea. Maybe just dedicate Sunday afternoon to that. Right. And that's all. Maybe it's a couple hours. It doesn't need to be a whole day even. It's just getting started. Whatever yeah. that looks like. Yeah. If, yeah. if it's Fridays, if it's like you said, Sunday afternoons, whatever it is, as long as you are consistently doing it and not putting it off week after week yeah. after week, as long as you dedicate to what time you're going to do and then you're consistent with it, then you will see fruit and it will grow. Yeah. I, you know what? That is such a beautiful point. Like put your heart into it. Give it, you know, show up for what you're trying to build. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Well, and thank you for sharing your story. I mean, you know, the back against the wall moment, man, there's nothing makes you motivated. Like just having to get in and get your hands dirty, Brooke. 100%. (laughs) I mean, I'm thankful that 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 happened to me. I, like I said, I don't think I ever would have had the courage, but the fact that it happened has put me in a position now that I never could have achieved no. as an employee. Never. Yeah. No, this is beautiful. Here and could, would never have been able to be where I am now. Yeah. You just, sometimes you actually do need the push. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I love that. Okay. So uh, Brooke has taken my leadership style quiz and we're going to talk next about what her style is and how that impacts the way she leads now in her own business, but also in her life. Cause she's, she's a mom. She's an, and like, right. We wear so many hats, Brooke, in our world. If you want to know what your leadership style is and uh, you can check out the quiz, there's a link in the show notes. You can also go to the website, highvoltageleadership.ca right at the top. There's an orange button that says, take the quiz, hit the button. It only takes a few minutes to do it. The quiz is fun. You're going to learn something about your leadership style. And I have three really great tips to help you be a more impactful leader uh, that go along with that. So you can do that right now. You can compare uh, to what Brooke, uh, what Brooke's style is. So tell us, what's your leadership style? 
So this was tough for me because I, I feel like I have evolved through a number of different styles. Yeah. I think for most of my career as an attorney, I would have considered myself in the coaching style okay. uh, because I was having a lot of one-on-one training with different attorneys yeah. and, and staff. Yeah. But now my, my business has grown to the point where I just couldn't do as much one-on-one coaching anymore. And, and I have staff who've been with me now for a number of years who know their roles. And so I, I think I'm more in a delegating position mm. currently yeah. where most of the tasks that come in have a person who knows how to handle that. And I'm just like guiding and, and directing, you know, do this, do this, here's this email, you know, just kind right. of the, uh, director, so to speak, yeah. than the person actually physically doing most of the work. Yeah, fair enough. And I think, um, you know, thank you for sharing that with us. And as we talked about, this is based on a situational leadership model. And so there are four basic styles. Um, and, you know, we have to be at moments in time, very directive. I want this done. I want it done by this date and I want it done this way. There's other moments where we can just be a a more supportive, right? We're more in that cheerleader function. We're helping other people grow and learn. You know, we have to flex that delegation muscle when we're building a business. And when we start to build team, we need to get the experts we've hired to do the work we hired them to do. I see a lot of business owners that can't get their hands off it. It's just silly. You hired your marketing manager because they're an expert at marketing. Stop touching it. Let them do their thing, right? And then provide the coaching, right? Be the one that's giving the guidance and the feedback and the encouragement, asking great questions to get them thinking. So I love that you talk about how you have had each one of those things be present for you as a leader, depending on what the business needed, right? Yeah. I think the supporting one is the toughest one for me because I'm in my profession specifically, it's a high, fast paced, yeah. high stress environment. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I have a hard time being the, how are you today? <laughs> and the supportive role that is, um, that is not my strong leadership style. But I very much appreciate the value of it. And I kind of am trying to force myself to go into that role when it, when when necessary because people need to be appreciated. They need to be supported. And even though it's not my natural style, yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that it is important. That thank you. I like, I really appreciate that share because actually it takes vulnerability to say as a business owner, Hey, there's some stuff I'm not so great at. Right? Like that's not, we're not, that's not what we like to talk. It's uncomfortable. So I I really appreciate that you're saying, yeah, there's a style here. That's probably the one I'm not the best at. And that maybe I don't, you know, I don't feel like maybe for some, it's like, I don't have enough skill. I don't write like, and I, I appreciate that that you um, you recognize that that's your learning edge, um, and that you know the team does need to see you as a supporter of what they are doing. They need 
um, you know, to have you affirm that they're doing the right stuff in the right way. Right. We all need that. Um, and, um, but also I can imagine that you are someone who is really good at challenging others to step up and to grow and to find the space where they need work to do. And that, I think that's part of being a supportive leader too, is challenging people. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things that I've done, I, I am just blessed with an amazing staff that's right awesome. now. There is no weak, weak link, honestly. Everyone amazing. just pulls their weight and does their job with excellence. So, you know, wow. they just don't need a ton of like day-to-day yeah. um, guidance and support. So where I'm at now is just making sure everything gets to the right place and also appreciating them. You know, yeah. I started doing on their birthdays, I send them a, a lengthy personalized message, just telling them all the weight reasons that I appreciate what they do and why I value them so that I'm sure to do it at least once a year. And then I try to do it other times, but at least I know for sure I'm doing it on their birthdays. And we do a, a, a big end of the year celebration and we do a mid-year celebration and we do employee of the quarter and we do other things. So I try to implement certain yeah. processes because I know that's my weak link uh, or, or weak style to try to force myself to be sure I'm doing at least certain things um, to show my appreciation. Cause I very much do appreciate them. Yeah. Uh, you know what uh, that, it sounds like you're actually doing a whole bunch of really great stuff. I think you might be selling yourself a little bit short because that does sound like a great recognition program and that it does offer, I mean, they wouldn't stay with you if they didn't feel supported and valued and recognized. Right. And it sounds like you got a pretty cohesive group. Yeah, I think so. That's awesome. I, I Brooke, that's amazing. You're doing it. That's so great. Um, I, I really love that. And thank you. Thank you for so bravely sort of stepping up and saying, you know, this is the one where I need a little bit more work. Because uh, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not always easy to share. I'm going to keep you on the hot seat, though, because I'm going to ask you about where have you made mistakes or missteps? Like, where have you, where have you had some messy stuff? And what have you learned, Brooke? you know, from those moments where it's not gone so well? Sure. It's hard to find just one. <laughs> I get that response often. Yeah. We, I mean, we're always learning from mistakes. Some are big, some are yeah. small, but yeah. um, one mistake I made was choosing an accountant to was in a networking group of mine who was very dynamic and charismatic and i thought that he he presented himself as if he really knew his stuff and then um he did my taxes completely wrong oh and, no and thankfully he only it only took me the one year of of taxes for me to learn of it and uh, get a new accountant to fix things, but it ended up costing me about $150,000 um, oh to get things made right. Oh my goodness. And it was probably my most costly mistake I've made is just not, uh, just choosing. That was one of the things that I'll say when you start your business. That was one thing that held me back is I don't know accounting. I don't, right. I don't me too. know bookkeeping. Yeah, 100%. And, and I always thought, if I'm going to start my own business, I got to know those things. Well, you don't. You just have to hire someone who does. <laughs> and yes. so I 
I had had an accountant for a few years who was doing a great job, but I met this guy from my networking group and he, he's just telling me, Oh, you're overpaying in all these ways. I can save you all this money, all this stuff. So I, I bought into that and I switched over to, uh, to him. And, and then it took me a year to realize yeah. that he was really uh, doing things wrong and mm. it was just a very costly mistake. Yeah. And in retrospect, I now know that all accountants are not the same. No. Uh, some don't know business accounting in the way that, um, that others do. Some are mostly personal. I mean, just yeah. it's different. So yeah, I now know kind of the things to look for and ask for. And I have a great accountant now and we got everything fixed and squared away, but it was a really costly mistake for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, costly in terms of the dollars, that's expensive, but also I don't know if this is true for you. Cause I'm the same way. I don't, that's not where the way my brain works there for me, it, it, it is that I, I can't fix it and I'm a fixer. So that comes with a lot of emotional stuff and, and even some shame that I don't know and that I can't do it. Um, that That's really difficult. Like that's something hard for me when I encounter that. I don't know if that was the same for you or Brooke. Um, so meaning you can't do the accounting stuff, you have shame about that or you can't fix the problem once it's been made. Yeah. I think that's more for me what it was because I'm so accustomed to being able to dig in and just figure it out. There's not much in my life I haven't been able to, to solve. That's a space where I don't have the understanding to solve my corporate bookkeeping and income tax. Like I just don't. Right. Same. Yeah. I, if someone were to show me my income tax returns, if I were to look at them and try to tell yeah. whether they're done and wrong, I have no idea. No idea. No idea. And I have friends who aren't even business owners or maybe business owners to some extent, and they just fill up, they do their own taxes. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, props to you. Because yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't know the first thing, but I mean, I, I have been able to come to terms with the fact that, um, I don't know everything. Yeah. And it was really freeing for me to learn that I could hire someone, hire a bookkeeper who could keep track of every yeah. expense and every, yeah. um, you know, everything that's coming in as well. And that she could, and they have software programs now yeah. that help organize. And then you have the bookkeeper and then you have the accountant. So you have kind of this team of people who are making sure everything's done correctly. And I've been able to just kind of be free in knowing that it's being handled. It's being handled well. They're reporting to me. So I know what the yeah. financials are each month, but that, um, I don't have to learn it to still have a successful business. Yeah. So I really think there's two really great lessons there. And the first one is, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to know everything you shouldn't. The truth is, um, you know, when we, when we run our businesses, we can't possibly know everything. We do need people that are experts to help us. And the second lesson is you have to vet those people pretty carefully, right? Um, because yeah, some of them talk a good game. I mean, certainly Brooke, I encounter people all the time that come to me and they're like, well, I had this business coach and they talked about all this stuff and they told me, you know, my business was going to transform and it was going to be seven figures. 
and I really got nothing out of their $25,000 program, right? They talk a good game. You really need, you need, to, you need to be smart about vetting your people so that you know who you're partnering with in whatever way that is, whether you're hiring a team member, you need to do your recruitment right. It's the same way if you're hiring a, a vendor or you're hiring a business partner, you gotta, you gotta ask the right questions. You gotta be smart and don't be afraid to ask them. I think that's the other part. We feel hesitant sometimes, right? Yes. Yeah. Or we just make assumptions yeah. that, that they yeah. know what they're doing because they have the education or they have the experience or they have the whatever. They're telling us something that we want to hear. I mean, he was saying things that he was going to save me all this money right. in taxes. And so that was really appealing to me. Of course. So yeah, I mean, in retrospect, if I don't know accounting, that's okay, but I do need to know enough to ask the right questions. Beautifully said. Yeah, beautifully said. And and I'll add to that, trust your gut. Cuz I think oftentimes we get we get a gut feeling and, you know, our our spidey senses if you will start to tingle and and we ignore that cuz well they're in our networking group, so they must be good or my friend recommended them, so they must be okay. Trust but verify, right? Um, yeah. Which I, I, I think sometimes uh, we override that, that gut feeling that we can have uh, because we think we should. Um, and that, that doesn't serve us, is the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Brooke, thank you so much. This has been like a really lovely conversation today. You brought up some really incredible uh, learnings for us here um, and, uh, you know, shared, you know, shared your journey really boldly. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. This has been wonderful to hear some of your story and our commonalities. And uh, I've been inspired as well. Yeah by everything that you've shared today. Oh, I'm so glad. I love it when we have like a great conversation that we just record and share as a podcast. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Thanks, Brooke. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I sure hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did hosting this conversation. And if you did enjoy today's episode, would you do me a favor? Would you give the episode a five-star review and share it with all of your friends? I would really appreciate that. I've got a goal to impact a thousand female founders. And with your help, we can really amplify this message. Thanks again for being a part of the show. And don't forget to connect with me and all of my guests on Instagram at High Volt Leadership. We'll see you next Friday.